reason I was gone was two purposes for last week. One is I wanted my sister's seven-minute wedding. Did it in seven minutes. Couldn't get it down to five. But we did her wedding, and that was delightful to do that for her. And then on Sunday and Monday, I went to a thing called the One Project. And the One Project was put on, it started actually some time ago with um, five Adventist pastors got together and they said, let's see if we can have a conference that focuses only on Jesus. No other agenda. And they did, and they put this together, and this is the seventh and the last one that they're doing. I was brokenhearted when I heard that. I've been to two of them, and I find them incredibly refreshing, particularly if you're in the Northeast and it's in San Diego that you're having it. So go warm up. Although it was cold, I thought it'd be like it was here, and I went and froze. But the whole thing was all focused on what it is about Jesus. Two full days about Jesus. It was an amazing experience, and I'm going to be sharing with you something that I learned there that I did not know. It's always good to go learn new things. So would you please open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1, the very first chapter. If you're using one of our Bibles in the news, they'll be um, 675. But if you're not, the words will be on the screen. But it's interesting to read it in your own Bible if you have that opportunity. So this is a story for looking at an experience of Joseph. Joseph I'm talking about as the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So here is the thing, and I'd like you to pick up this experience. Would you please find that in Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to begin with the 18th verse. Matthew 1, verse 18. Follow this closely and let your mind kind of wrap around what this story is about. And so this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law... Now, you look at that phrase right there, faithful to the law, faithful to the law. That is an unusual expression because it indicates something to the Jewish tradition that we may not pick up. And among the uh, far reachings in the Jewish tradition, it appears that Joseph was what was known as a Sadiq. A Sadiq was a person in the congregation, in the community, who was a relative expert in the scriptures and in the law. Yes, they had priests. Yes, they had Levites that came around that were trained in that. They had rabbis. But in the local area, often there was a Sadiq in your congregation, in your church, who would then interpret for you the law of God. And he was to be trained and schooled in that. It appears, you may have the righteousness there of the law, in your Bible or whatever, they're faithful to the law, that's an indication in there that it was often associated, that phrase, with a Sadiq. So here is, if this is true, and it appears that that's the indication there, if we're careful with it, that Joseph was in his community, was concerned and was raised up as a person of authority about God and the law, the scriptures. 
He might be what we would say like a local elder. So he was an authority, a part of that, of the Torah. He knew, the, knew it. He had been trained in it, and he was schooled in it. Might be like one of our local elders. We assume from our local elders here that they would be able to share with you Jesus from the scriptures. We assume that they would be able to say, yes, I can help you find scriptures in the passage. I can help you with your Bible. I can do that and get you along and, and, make, that, and make that happen. Isn't that right, Linda? Should be able to do that. Yes, Sharon and others, yes. Camille, be able to say that and help you find people, lead people to find Jesus in the scriptures. So he was known in this to have authority of that. So here we have this man raised up. He was older than Mary. He was much older. He had had other children. And going back to verse 19, because her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. <laughs> now, how do you share this with the community? The girl that I am going to marry is pregnant. And it's not my child. That would be tough to uh, get across, wouldn't it? I mean, how would people in the community believe that? You might believe that. It's not your child, and she, I get told later, we'll look at that in a minute, but you're, you're going to do this. And so Joseph said, I'm going to save my reputation as a Sadiq. I'm going to save my reputation in the community, and we're going to break off this relationship, and therefore I will be saved from this. I will not go through the embarrassment. This is not my child, so I'm going to get out of that. That's what the scriptures say. If you read on, he said, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, we're just going to give it. She was pledged. They weren't married yet, but he was going to just let her go aside. You see, we've made a commitment, but now I know there's a serious problem. What does this tell you about Joseph? Follow along. So, he had a reputation to protect. And he had to do it. Well, can you imagine how hard this conversation must have been with Mary? Hi, you are. I know, I know this is not my child. And you are going to have a child. Well, that's a nice story you're telling me, that the angel came and spoke to you, and that you were conceived from the Holy Spirit. However... I have a reputation. I'm a Sadiq. Stuff that I don't believe you. But I am in thinking in my head, it would be best, best for all concerned, including me, if we didn't go through with this. That's what he had in mind, verse 20. But the, after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said to him, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are going to give him the name Jesus. I underlined that on purpose. You are going to give him the name Jesus. So Joseph was supposed to name the child. This is significant. He was supposed to name the child. 
In Jewish tradition, the mother always named the child. Okay? Jewish tradition, it was the mother's thing. But the angel directed him that you are going to name the child, not Mary. And specifically, what would be taking place then is you were going to, by naming the child, you would therefore be adopting the child as your own. That was significant about what he was going to do. And he was going to name the child Jesus, Joseph, I mean uh, Joshua in the Old Testament, Jesus the Savior, Redeemer. You're going to name that child, and by doing so, by giving that name, therefore, that child would be yours by adoption. And you can read elsewhere in Matthew, you'll refer to Jesus as the son of Mary. You'll read there. That was, uh, that was kind of a slight to Jesus and to say, <laughs> we all know this story, and we know it's not Joseph's child. It was normal. It was an honor to be named after, say, the son of Joseph. See, that was what you would want. That would tell you, that's my heritage. But in the scriptures, it reveals that this was the son of Mary. So by the very writing of that, all the signal was sent to the community. This is not Joseph's son. But Joseph was told by the angel that you were to adopt In other words, this would be your child as well by adoption. So went on and she said, she will give birth to a son and you are going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name of Jesus. So, in doing so, he let his good reputation in the community go. taking Jesus as his son because this was not done, not part of the law. Should have divorced her. That was, the, that was the way these things were taken care of. You just sent her away. You would never do this. You'd lose your standing in the community. See the significance of that? There was a pastor who was up in Michigan named by Rob Bell. Rob Bell pastored the Mars Church up in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. He was studying the Bible. He was in a non-denominational church. As he was studying the Bible, he came across the biblical concern about the state of the dead and realize that their church position, his long-standing belief on the state of the dead, of the soul going to heaven and this thing transpiring, was unbiblical. And he saw that 
what would happen is the person would lay in the grave until Jesus came. An Adventist teaching, is it not? So he came to that in Scripture from his own study as a faithful servant to the Bible. But his church would not go that way. So Rob Bell, who had a huge church, had to step down. And he lost his reputation as the pastor of the Mars Hill Church. I don't know where he is today. But he had to stand up. What he knew was right. And so we have Joseph and Mary who had the child and he adopted, took Jesus as his, the child and he lost his reputation in the community. I don't know, but the implication would be he would no longer be a Sadiq. <laughs> no longer. We would say, well, uh, I don't think you're elder material. And so at the next nominating committee, we won't nominate you. All for what? Because Joseph surrendered all. He believed the angel and he surrendered it all. His reputation. And took an infant because he believed the angel in his dream that this one given the name and he adopted and he accepted Jesus. And so everything went on the line. Therefore, it, it kind of follows along with John the Baptist when John the Baptist also used that he must increase and I must decrease. So Joseph gave up his position that Jesus, the infant, that he had adopted could increase. He put everything on the line in his life for Jesus. Jesus above all as an infant. Now I ask you, does that change anything in your thinking about Joseph? As I was sitting there listening to this, I don't know what Joseph, you know, he took Mary, and that was a nice kind of thing, but I never realized the sacrifice he probably made. We don't hear a lot about Joseph. There's not much in the New Testament about him after the birth and going to Egypt and coming back and finding Jesus. We don't get a lot. Probably he died. And Mary went on by herself. We don't hear anything about his righteous teaching anymore in the law. Never mentioned again. Nothing. So my perception of Joseph changed. He earned my respect. And I understood his sacrifice. 
How would that look in your life and in mine? How would that look? How would that roll out in your life and in mine if Jesus was truly placed above all? So at the One Project, they have this phrase, Jesus, but that's not how they say it. They say it in a particular way. If you've ever been to a telegram office, I, when I was in Russia, it was uh, very easy to communicate through the telegram back to the United States. It was only like 13 cents to send a telegram. Of course, they had to put it in an envelope in the U.S., and they mailed it to it, and at that time it was 24 cents or 25 cents or something. They had to mail it, so it actually, Telegram lost money on my telegrams. But it was a way you couldn't really phone very easily. So I, I would send a telegram home, uh, let them know everything, every day. We would go down there, and we'd type out these things to do that, telegram office. Well, a telegram reads it a certain way if you are understanding that. So it would be Jesus, full stop, all, full stop. See that? Jesus, full stop, all, full stop. So that's how, at the One Project, they would refer to it. Read, now you think about that. Jesus, full stop, nothing else, all, and nothing else. Try it with me. Jesus, full stop, all, full stop. That was a nice beginning try, but try it again. Jesus, full stop, all, full stop. See? So what happened is placing Jesus was supreme over everything because he is our creator. He is our God. He's our redeemer. He's our savior. And Joseph must have accepted that and taking that to understand this is something deeply significant. Whether he knew what was going to happen or not, he saw this as the hand of God, and therefore he surrendered everything. You see, Jesus, full stop. All full stop. And I was wondering how that might look here at the church. How that might look for us. So riding home in the plane... I was thinking about this, going over and over in my mind while this little four-year-old sitting behind me was testing his feet against the back seat. And you're, you know what I mean? You've been on those flights? My reaction would be, turn around, hey, cut it out. But I remember Jesus, full stop, all full stop, surrender all, let the kid grow up. So I just, (laughs) forget sleep, it's okay. Would this affect how we look or judge others? Remember Joseph? How did the community react to him? Well, we don't have a record, but we can pretty well guess you're out. That would be so. How we look or judge others. Joseph, 
probably was judged poorly by others. And in actual fact, until I earned this, I kind of had him as a secondary role, a side figure, somebody who stands up at the manger, kind of has a smiling face, doesn't do a whole lot. Never realizing Joseph's significance to this story. You see, because he recognized Jesus had something different and unique. Because if you recall, Jesus is someone who was accused of eating with publicans and sinners. Even sitting and having in his family former Sadiqs, as it were. A woman who got pregnant before marriage. Because in the whole concept of that, is that Jesus loves all people. Oh, really? 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 To be totally fair, really? Really? I had to get Beyonce in there somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere you always look for. There's a place to put this woman in one of your sermons somewhere. (laughs) How about those that are critical of you? Hmm? Coming on the way out the door, they have just a little bit of things they like to tell you what you're doing wrong. Jesus loves them. How about those that are angry at you and get after you? These five pastors who put this on have been called everything because of their emphasis on Jesus. They're so foreign that they've been called. Well, well, you're you're doing witchcraft. What? You're of the devil because you're lifting up Jesus. You see, help me, Jesus, full stop, all full stop. So I was talking with Sharon this morning and with Bill uh, Fries, and we were talking about and we were sharing a little bit about this, and I think that we should plan to have such an event here where we would take the day, maybe a day and a half, two days, of just focusing on Jesus, everything on Jesus. So we're going to start planning all that together to make it happen so it could be Jesus, full stop, all full stop. Because that beautiful song, I surrender all. I surrender all to thee, my precious Savior. I surrender all to that. Surrender all. So would you join me? 
Jesus, all stop. Jesus, all stop. All, full stop. I said it wrong. Jesus, full stop. All, full stop. There we go. There we go. May God bless you and enrich you. And may you see the beauty of putting Jesus first. It is my prayer. I do that for me and for you. To be like Joseph and to surrender reputation and everything to that one concept of my Lord and Savior. Lord, I thank you for that great message about Joseph. We read over it so quickly. You know, yes, we got the story. Let's get on to the birth. Let's get on to the part. We miss the significance of the great sacrifice that Joseph made to put Jesus very first. It was huge. We want to do that here. We want Jesus to be first in every regard. As you have promised when you were lifted up, all men will be drawn unto you. Lord, we want to lift you up. We thank you and believe that you answer our prayer and will help us in that regard. In Jesus' name, amen.